Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. So I've got four points this morning. Is that okay? A four-point sermon uh, this morning. So we're going to speak. There's four things I believe that God wants to speak to us about, particularly as fathers and as men, but also in our lives. But uh, there's some specific things that do relate to, to fathers and, uh, and men this morning. And so the, 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 there's a massive challenge, as we know. We don't need to underline this uh, in our culture. Fragmentation of relationships, marriage, family life, and, and just the eroding of manhood. And how the enemy, which is behind a lot of that stuff, is wanting to erode manhood and what that really means. Uh, he wants to neutralise everything. He wants to confuse people and... And, and change their identities and all the stuff that we know is, is going on out there and the confusion that is taking place. But God is a father. And he enables us to be good fathers. And when we allow him to work and move and shape our lives, then what flows through our lives is his nature and his character. So we're, we're always wanting to seek him not just for his hand to bless us, but we want to know him so that we're more like him. When we're more like him, then others feel the effect of that in our lives because the fruit of the Spirit, peace, patience, kindness, love, generosity, all those things flow through our lives in a way then that are not just a natural characteristic of our own personal lives, but there's something supernatural that flows in and through our lives. So the first, first thing we're going to talk about today in terms of being fathers, yes, in our own families, but also fathers in a generation, because this generation is crying out for good fathers. Okay, the first thing, number one, is, uh, is to be a protector, okay, to be a protector. So if we're going to be a protector, that means we are a defender. So when you protect something, you're going, to, you're going to defend it, because what you're protecting has value, it has meaning, and therefore... Being a protector means you're going to defend something. You're going to defend your, your wife, your family. You're going to defend people. What else does a protector do? A protector guards, okay? A guards, again, like protection, guards from trouble, guards from stress. Uh, somebody who defends and guards, a father who is a protector, is going to guard his marriage and his family and the people around him and understanding that a, a man is part of the church, then part of that role as a man in the church to be a protector is for those same things, but also to guard against the enemy. So how many of you know that the enemy is out to steal, kill and destroy? He's out to affect society, affect relationships and all the things we've just said. So part of the role of men, not just fathers, is to be protectors. Protectors of the things of God. Protectors against the enemy and his schemes to want to steal, kill and destroy. The enemy wants to bring division in relationships. So part of a protector is to stand there guarding and standing firm saying, no, I'm not going to allow division to take place in my marriage. I'm not going to allow division to take place in my family. I'm not going to allow division to take place in the body, the church that I'm part of. Because as a man, I'm called to be a protector, a defender, somebody who guards from trouble, who guards people from stress, to guard against the enemy, to rise up and take authority, to be part of the answer and not part of any kind of problem. Anybody here this morning? Just turn to all the blokes and say, that's you. 
So what, what is one of the things that a protector does? A protector stands in the way of harm. So if you're going to protect something, you're standing in the way of harm. You're saying, right, whatever might come, whatever might want to steal, kill and destroy, whatever wants to come and try and cause trouble or angst or whatever in my marriage or my family or as part of the church that I'm in, I'm going to stand in the way of harm and, I, and that thing has got to take me on first before it can get past me to affect anybody else. Now, that's the role of a father in a family. So as a, as a dad, as a father, it's my responsibility to be aware of what's going on in and around my family, with my kids, and in my marriage. And, and, and I'm there to stand right at the front of that and say, if the enemy wants to try and do something to affect my marriage or my family or our household or whatever's going on around our lives, then I'm the one who's got to stand there first. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the Spirit, shield of faith, belt of truth, buckled around my waist, shoes of the gospel. I'm the one who's going to stand there and say, devil, you're not going to get past me to affect my family or my kids. And so therefore, that's part of my responsibility to be a protector. And that's who we are as men. We're called to be protectors, guards, defenders from trouble, from stress, from the enemy, from division and from negativity. We're to be like, you know, in, uh, in American football, I don't understand the rules, and, uh, but American football, they have, I think they have people called blockers, is that right? So that when they're in the, in the whatever it's called, and when they line up, that's not the huddle, is it? What's it called when they line up? That's, that's rugby, same sort of thing, but anyway, you know, I mean, anyway, rugby, American football, they're all... They're all Nutter sports, all nutter, <laughs> nutter sports, you know. And, um, but when you're in that line, you're there as a blocker, so the whole idea is you block all the opposition from getting to the ball. And in, when you look at the opposition, you're not kind of squatting down, looking there going, man, this guy's going to trash me now. He's a, look at the size of him, he looks mean, he's looking at me. Now when you're there, you're looking at that other guy saying, you're not going to get past me. There's no way. I'm bigger than you, stronger than you, more powerful than you. And as soon as I get the hut, 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 whatever it is, boom, I'm going to take you out. That's the kind of attitude that we want to have as men and as fathers in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our relationships, okay? So it's important that we're not just walking down the line, you know, looking at the game and wondering, well, who's going to defend and who's going to stop this and who's going to stop that and who's going to stop the other? No, we want to be right in the game, right on the front line, making sure that we're a blocker. Are you with me this morning? Dads, fathers, are you with me? Are you glad you came? Because this is for you today. So, so blokes, fathers, dads, men, whatever, grandpas, we're here to deal with the stuff. So the stuff can't get to those that we are protecting. Are you there? So what does that mean? It means we don't complain or moan about the stuff. We take it on the chin because that's part of our role. That's part of our responsibility as men. Okay. So if the enemy's having a go, we don't walk around going... Oh. And our wife is the one that says, come on, you know, God's going to bring us through. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. No, that's our role. So we're called to be men. We're called to stand. We're called to be those protectors, okay? We're called to, as a protector to have a covering over what we are protecting. 
so that no matter what tries to come against us, we're providing a covering in different ways. We're going to come, I'm sure you'll be saying, why don't you talk about prayer? That will come in a minute, okay? So we'll just, we won't just do the obvious at first. So uh, we, we provide a covering. So what does that covering do? When the enemy wants to bombard us, he just bounces off the covering of who we are because we're standing in the word, we're standing in prayer and the things we're going to look at in a moment. So you're called to be a protector. So every bloke in the room, just say now, I am a protector. Just turn to another bloke and say, you are a protector. <clears throat> okay, number two, because uh, time's going. Number two, we are providers. Now, that's, you know, from a job point of view, finance, okay. But we're, we're more than that, okay? We're not just money in the bank, guys, so that your wife can spend it, okay? <laughs> or it's not just money in the bank so you can buy the latest toys that you want or whatever, okay? So we want to be grown-ups. We're not 13-year-olds in 35-year-old bodies where now we've got a bit of money, we can buy all the toys we can buy now that we couldn't when we were 13, okay? <laughs> Life has a little bit more meaning, than just buying the latest gizmos, gadgets and everything else you want because you've got the money to do it these days. You know, we want to be a bit more mature than that. Okay? So we're providers. Now, what, in what way? We, we, God wants us to provide wisdom into our marriages and families. He wants us to provide friendship, counsel. He wants us to be people of insight that bring a perspective so that when... We're in our families, in our relationships. We're, we're, we're not letting everybody else kind of take the lead and, and look to others to be the wisdom, create friendship and counsel and insight. We're the ones who want to be on the front foot. So as a provider, as a, as a father, in our, in our families, we want, to, we want to be a man of wisdom. We want to be a man of friendship, a man who brings counsel to our wives and to our kids. We want to be men of insight, who have understanding, who are getting downloads from God, to bring insight from God and perspective that, that helps when there's challenges, when there's stress, when there's pressure. We want to have the right perspective. When we're plugged into God in the right way, then we have that right perspective. As a provider, we want to have a giving spirit. And that's not just about money, it's about giving in terms of who we are. We want to give wisdom, give friendship, give counsel, give insight, give perspective. So we want to have a giving spirit into our marriages and into our families. As a provider, we want to add to people's lives that are around us. So when our wives and our families around us, they, we want them to feel like we're adding to their lives, that we're not a stress on their lives, that we're not a suck, you know, a... Um, a drain or whatever, yeah, on their lives. But actually, that when we're around them, we're, we're giving life to them because that's who we're called to be. Amen. Everybody here this morning? Yeah. The wives, I hope you're liking this message. The wives, maybe you're not, I don't know. Maybe you want to be in charge and uh, your husband lets you be in charge and you like it that way. I don't know, I, I don't know. But it's a team, you work together. I'm getting myself in hot water here. So, as blokes... As men, we want to add into people's lives and uh, into our families. Our families need to be a fuller and richer place because we are there, because of who we are and what's going on in our lives. And uh, we want to be sensitive and uh, aware of the needs of our wives and our families and those that are around us. And if we are, have this giving spirit, then it's about putting them first. 
Are we sensitive to how, where our wife is at, how she's doing, what's going on in her life? Maybe some of the challenges or some of the things she wants to aspire to and, and thrive in. Are we aware of what the stages our children are going through and how they're doing in life, at school, in their friendships? Are we in touch with what's going on in their inner world and inner life? Do we sit down with our children and say, how are you doing? And ask them questions that don't just require a yes or a no answer. You know, are you doing okay? Yes. Oh, good, I don't have to go there then. Um, you know, so what's going on in, in your heart at the moment? How are your friendships going? Are there any challenges? Are there any, are you stressed in any way? How are you doing? Some children, it's obvious what's going on in their lives because it just all comes out. Other children, they're, 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 they, they bury stuff, they hide it, they go more inward and they try and deal with it internally. And sometimes you can see some of that and sometimes you can't. But as dads, as fathers, we have a responsibility to, uh, to find out well, how are you doing and what's going on and actually take the time to go beyond the surface, to think, oh, everything seems to be okay, everything's all right. So sometimes having those challenging conversations and... Sometimes it's not easy, is it, having a chat with your wife or with your kids about stuff? Because sometimes you think, well, I don't know what, I wouldn't know what to say. I don't know. You know, maybe sometimes when we know we, 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 we need help in that, or I know I need to have a conversation with my kids, but I'm not really sure what to do. I know Jane and I, over the years, at times we've, when we're, we're like, man, we need to have a chat with our kids. What are we going to say to them? Or one of them, for example, they might be going through something, or they seem to be, and we're trying to kind of locate what exactly is going on. We would have conversations, what, what, what do we need to say? What do we need to ask? And sometimes we think we knew what to do and we, we would sit down and chat and all of that. And other times we didn't. And so what we do is, okay, who do we think could help us here? Who do we know who's great at parenting or, or we've seen their kids, whatever, thrive in their lives or do seem to be doing well? Who could we ask some questions say, look, we, we need a bit of wisdom, a bit of help here with one of our kids and we need to talk to them but we're not sure how to approach it or what to say or how to deal with something going on. And, and so we've, we've at different points, uh, as different ones of our kids have been growing up, we've had conversations. Sometimes that might, that, that's been with my parents. And I've said to, you know, we've said to my parents, you know, well, what, what about this, that or the other? Uh, sometimes that's been with other friends. Uh, some maybe in the church, maybe others that we've known for a long time. Uh, sometimes it's been with older people that we know that their kids are all grown up and, and doing really well. And we've just said, can we just chat to you about one of our kids? We, you know, we, we noticed that we, what we think is going on with them seems to have gone on with one of your ch- children years ago and how you handled that. Can you help us? just with, with how to approach it. So it's that kind of thing that's really important. But So we want to go a bit deeper than the service. Is that okay? So that's the end of that point, being a provider. The third one, okay, is being a priest. As blokes, as men, as fathers, we're called to be a priest in our home and over our home. Why is that? What, firstly, because God is a generational God. When you look at Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the promises were passed down from one generation to the next. So Abraham walked with God and then passed the promises on to Isaac. Isaac walked with God and then passed the promises on to Jacob. Well, the blessings went from one generation to the next. So as a priest in the house, we need to understand that we carry something from God. We carry promises. We carry blessings as fathers, as dads, as husbands. We carry blessings from God that we want to make sure we pass on to our kids, our children, in the way that we are with them, in the way that we pray for them, the way that we speak to them. And so if we're going to be a priest in the house, we want to, if I can put it this way, we want to create an altar in our home. 
What was the first thing that Noah did when they came out of the ark after the flood? They came out of the ark. The first thing he did was to build an altar and worship the Lord. And so what we want to do in our homes is we want to make sure we're building an altar that worships God and honours God and that our families are part of that worshipping and honouring God together. That our house is a place of the presence of God. Our homes are where God it can be found. Okay. So how do you build an altar in your home? It's all connected with your prayer life, with your relationship with God. Ezekiel 3, 22 and 23, um, in, the, uh, in the prayer meeting this morning, Josie was uh, leading the prayer meeting and she shared a couple of brilliant things at the beginning that were so spot on for, for the word this morning. One of the scriptures she read was this, Ezekiel 3, 22 and 23. The hand of the Lord was upon me there and he said to me, get up and go out to the plain and there I will speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain and the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory I had seen by the Kibar River, and I fell face down. <coughs> that powerful couple of scriptures. The hand of the Lord was upon me. As a father, as a dad, the hand of the Lord is upon you. But in relation to your family, your home, and the environment you're responsible for, one of the things I believe God says to us as guys is, hey, get up and go out to the plain. Come out to a place with me where I can speak to you, where I'm going to reveal who I am to you. See, God was already there, verse 23. I went out to the plain and the glory of the Lord was standing there. So it wasn't like he went there and he was praying and worshipping and then the glory of the Lord came. It's like God was already waiting for him to turn up, to hear from him, to experience him and to know him. And so as, as fathers, as husbands, as dads, in our families, in our homes, in our lives, God is waiting to reveal who he is for us. And part of the way we create an altar is sometimes to step out of the, the daily stuff of life and of family and this, that and the other, and to go out to where he is on your own in the morning, in your lounge, in your office or wherever you might go, because God is waiting there to speak and to work and to move in our hearts and lives. Okay, why is this really important, okay? Because the enemy wants to take family life out. He wants to take you out. He wants to take me out. He wants to take our wives out, our kids out. The devil is out to take us out. And if we're going to live as those providers, okay, if we're going to live as those protectors, then we need to have something going on in us that enables us to protect and to provide and to be who God's called us to be in the midst of those situations, okay? So as men of prayer, what happens when we go to that place? We begin to shift things. We begin to move things. Uh, I heard somebody uh, preaching the other day and they said, uh, they said, you know, uh, in the home, often women seem to be the ones that kind of go around the house a bit more like worshipping and praising and praying in tongues and taking authority, you know, thank you Jesus for this, that and the other. And, and, they, and, and women seem to be more expressive in terms of their feelings, to, you know, with God and what's going on and anybody agree with this or not? Yeah. And, uh, and, and just kind of be a bit more expressive. And then when blokes come to pray, when we're not so necessarily expressive or this, that and the other and all of that, we're a bit more like, Lord, I need 250 quid to pay the bills. Uh, Lord, I need a breakthrough. Thank you. Uh, Jesus, I need this. Would you do it, please? Thanks. You know, and sometimes as bloke, we're a little bit more like, um, 
you know, boom, boom, you know, like that. Whereas our wives and women are a bit more like, Jesus, oh, you're lovely and you're awesome and oh, I just love you, I worship you. Oh, what are you saying? And yeah, hallelujah, speak that, my children. Be healed in the name of Jesus and I'm not letting that come near my kids in the name of Jesus. And as blokes, we're like, you know, let's pray with our wives and, and our wives come, oh, hallelujah. And we might be a bit more like, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that you bless my family. Thank you. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make a point here. Do you know what I mean? But actually, God wants us to be, shift a little bit more than that and to stand a little bit more than we might do, okay? So when we don't go to that place and, and we're saying, God, I want to hear from you. I want to stand as a protector, a provider and all of that kind of thing. What happens is we begin to take everything on ourselves. Sometimes life can be tough. And you have seasons in your life and everything. And we always, we want strong, healthy marriages. We want strong, healthy families. But at times there can be challenges. And sometimes you don't quite see eye to eye. And you have to work through things in your marriage or with your, in your family or in relationships beyond that. And we, uh, we want to make sure that we, we are, when we're with God, what does it say? The scripture I've written down in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray... And seek my face and turn their wicked way, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So when we go to God, what are we doing? We're saying, God, I can't, I'm not going to try and do this in my own strength. So when I pray, what I'm doing is I'm humbling myself before you. I'm here to seek you, to know you, to make sure that there are no wicked ways in me, no, nothing going on in me. Then I'm going to hear from heaven and then you're going to work. He said, then I will forgive and I will heal. So when we don't spend that time to be a protector and a provider and the source of that is relationship with God, when we don't push into that, we then take on things ourselves, then we start to get stressed, we start to get annoyed, we start to get frustrated and then that flows through into our families, into our marriages and, and, and those that are around us. So when we humble ourselves, then God does the stuff, brings the peace and the wisdom and the, all the things we, we spoke about. And I heard this phrase the other day in another message from somebody else. This is brilliant. I like this. Um, Sin is not your biggest problem. Lack of prayer is your biggest problem. Now, when they said that in the statement, I was like, wow, what a statement to make in this message. Because this person said often, you know, we, we, we might focus on sin or we get into something or we struggle with something and we're trying to get out of it. And he said, why do we get ourselves into problems and into issues? It's because we've, we've, we've forgotten or we've gone from the very thing that stops us from getting into problems. So they say, you know, when, when you're developing and cultivating your relationship with God and going to that place that you talked about in Ezekiel 3 there, then stuff's happening in you. So there's no room in your life to go over here and become distracted or to get into sin in that way that then begins to get a grip on your life. So, so actually lack of prayer in our lives is the biggest issue, not sin itself. And when there is an issue, we just simply try and deal with it and say, Father, forgive me, and we try and walk on, and then we come back to it, oh, I've done it again. It's because we're still, not, that, that change hasn't happened yet, where we're saying, right, Father, I'm not, not in my own effort and strength, but as a man, what I'm going to do now is come to you in a fresh way and begin to cultivate relationship. I'm going to sow in to you so that as I humble myself, as it said in 2 Chronicles 7, and I pray and seek you, and, and in doing that, I'm turning from some other stuff, you say, you'll hear from heaven, forgive me, and you will heal, you will set me free, you will deal with the stuff. And so we want to set our faces towards God. 
And as men, as fathers, as husbands, we have a responsibility to do that. We cannot leave that responsibility to our wives to be that person in our homes. I'm not saying we all do that, um, but we... But, Oh, we have a responsibility. So when we do that, what does that do? It generates a fight in our lives, a strength in our lives to actually be that protector and to be that provider. Okay. So when we bring stuff to God and when we walk with God in that way, he deals with the weaknesses. Then in the middle of challenges and trouble kind of trying to come to us, instead of showing up and giving in, what happens is we show up in a place of victory to take on what's going on around us so that we have victory so the enemy can't get past us as the protectors. Amen. Are you here this morning? Is this all right? One last point. The fourth one is that God has also called us to be the prophet. A prophet in our home. Okay? What does that mean? What does a prophet do? A prophet speaks the word of the Lord. So what we want to do in our homes, we want to be speaking the word of the Lord over our marriages, over our families, in, into our homes. And that's not just bringing prophetic words, obviously. That is actually speaking destiny over, over our children. We're not speaking predicaments and difficulties or anything. We're speaking destiny into our children's lives. What we're doing is we're laying hands on them in our homes and speaking blessing over them. If you, if you are the parent in your home, you might be a single parent. If you're the parent in your home, then, then you have all these this uh, responsibility from not in a heavy way, but in the same way. And, and therefore you have an anointing and a grace from God to be the same, to speak into your family, to lay hands on your children, to speak destiny, to speak words of life, words of truth, and to prophesy that into your home and into your family. Amen. Uh, how many of you know the story when um, <clears throat> uh, Rachel was giving birth to one of their, uh, their her second son, Benjamin, and when she was giving birth, it says here, and she was having great difficulty in childbirth, and the midwife said to her, don't be afraid, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. So in the middle of her circumstances, in the middle of her pain, in the middle of what she was going through, what she spoke over what well, in that moment, the person spoke over that child, you're a son of sorrow. Now, when, when, uh, when Jacob heard that, okay, he said, no way, I'm not speaking that. That's not what's going to be spoken over my son. Instead, I'm going to prophesy and speak something else into being. And he said, no, you're not going to be called Benoni. You're going to be called Benjamin. And Benjamin, son of my right hand. It means my strength. How many of you know, all the kings of Israel then came from Benjamin after that. Pretty awesome, eh? So when we speak and we prophesy and we declare in our homes, it's powerful. It brings destiny. It changes things. It moves things. And we have responsibility. And so if there is stuff we're going through, pain and sorrow and difficulties, we want to make sure that we're not... Um, exacerbating that in our lives but we actually come to God or we find others and say would you help me with this because I want to come through this because we don't want to speak through those things into our relationships our marriages or families we don't want to be speaking pain and sorrow and difficulty we want to be speaking life and blessing and abundance in terms of what God is doing there are many people that have never had anybody laid hands on them and say hey you're going to make it hey God's got his hand on your life hey do you know that you are blessed you know that you have a destiny in God. And, and as parents, we need to be doing that with our kids. 
We need to lay hands on them. Maybe every bloke here, uh, if you're the head of the household in, in your family, you need to go home today and lay hands on your kids. If you're a single parent in your family and you are the head of the household, maybe what we need to do today is go home and today, when we have dinner or lunch or whatever we're doing, we lay hands on our kids and we say, hey, I might not have ever done this before, but in the Bible it says about laying hands on our children and speaking blessing and God's goodness. So I want to do that and I want to do it regularly because God loves you. He's got great things for you. So I'm going to lay hands on you. I speak blessing over you and, and do that for each. And how many of you are going to be surprised that God might give you something prophetic that just comes out that you speak over your son or your daughter or your kids or whoever they are? Why? Because we're here to speak life. We're here to be protectors, providers, priests and prophets in our homes. Let's stand together, shall we? It's a bit of a splurge this morning. But as men, God has called us to be a protector, to be a provider, to be a priest and to be a prophet in our families, in our marriages, in our homes and for those around us. In the, uh, in the prayer meeting as well, we were just praying in twos and threes at one point and, and Simon uh, while we were praying, he had a picture and he said, I, I, I've got a picture of, uh, he didn't know what I was going to be speaking about, but he said, I've got a picture of a car that's been totally cleaned and waxed and it, it just finished raining. You could see all the, the balls of, of water just running off and uh, off this car. And then also I saw a really dry riverbed and there was rain, but the rain wasn't soaking in because it was so dry, the rain was just sort of running off uh, and, and running away. And, and, <clears throat> And it was like, it's like God saying, sometimes in our lives, and particularly as blokes, sometimes in our lives, our lives can be waxed in that sense. And, and we allow God to do us so much, or we allow God in so much, but maybe there's things and, and, and stuff runs off our lives at times. And, and it's like we need to, and like that riverbed, it's like, God, would you, I need my heart to be softened. Well, I'm not saying we've all got hard hearts and we're all like that car with a wax on it, but sometimes it can be a little bit like that. I'm doing okay, things are all right, you know, and we, we sometimes only let people into a certain level in our lives. And maybe we, we, we want to de-wax this morning, if I can put it this way. Or just say, Father, I want the riverbed of my life to be really soft, so that you might be going to a certain level, but Father, I want you to go deep. I want you to go deep in my life in a fresh way. I want to open up in a fresh way. I want to be that protector, be that provider, be that priest and be that prophet into my marriage, into my family and into the wider body, the church family that I am part of. So let's just close our eyes for a minute and maybe just bring yourself before the Lord, particularly the fathers in here today and the men in the room. This isn't a whoosh message, you know, trying to, come on guys, get a grip. This is who God's called us to be. And when we move towards what we've been saying this morning, there's a grace that comes from the Holy Spirit to be who God's called us to be. And so maybe just stand there and say, Father, I thank you that you called me to be a protector. I thank you that you grace me to be who you've called me to be. To, to be on guard to stand my ground, to be a blocker, to stand in the face of the enemy, to not allow stuff to go on in my marriage and in my family because I'm, I'm not standing where I need to stand. I choose to stand in that place right now, to guard my family, to guard the family of God, 
to stand up and be who God's called me to be. Thank you, Father, you called me to be a provider, a man of wisdom, a man of friendship, a man of counsel, a man of insight, a man with godly perspective, a man who has a giving spirit. I thank you, you called me to add to people's lives. Thank you, you called me to bring a fullness and a richness into my marriage, into my family, into others' lives. I thank you, you called me to be a provider. I thank you that you've given me the grace and you grace me as I step towards that in a fresh way. I thank you, your grace to enable me. I thank you, you give me wisdom when I need it, Father. I thank you, you enable me to go beyond surface friendships, to open up, to be vulnerable, to share what's on my heart. Because I know my identity and security is actually in you, Father. And as I open up, others are going to open up. As I build friendships, others are going to build friendships with me. I thank you, Father. I praise your name. Father, thank you. Enable me to be sensitive to the needs of my family and my wife and those around me. Thank you, Jesus, to be a giver, to be a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the anointing to be a priest, to build an altar, a place of your presence in my home, in my family, in my marriage. Thank you, Jesus, that you're waiting to reveal more. Like that when you took, took him out into the desert, you were waiting there in your glory to speak and to work and to move. Jesus, I thank you as I move towards you. I thank you that stuff that might be going on in me that's not of you, that's not right. I thank you instead of trying to tackle that head on, instead I'm going to press into you in a fresh way. And as I do that, I thank you that the taste of those things begins to drain away. The longer for doing stuff that it might not be right will drain away. I thank you as I go after you, I'm feeding on something else that's going to save me, heal me, free me, and deliver me. Father, I thank you. There is life in you. I thank you, Jesus. And then, Father, I thank you that you call me to be a prophet, somebody who speaks destiny, purpose, future into my wife, into my kids, into my family, into those around me. You've called me, Father, to be a blessing into the wider church family. I thank you, Jesus. Just right now, wherever you are, uh, just turn to somebody else in twos. And if you're praying with a bloke, just pray for them right now, okay? Just if, you're, if your husband and wife there, maybe the wife, just lay hands on the husband and, and, and say, Father, I thank you for my husband. He's a godly man and I thank you. You're going to work and move afresh in his life. And then just swap over. Husband, pray for your wife. If you're, praying, if you're not husband and wife, fine. Just pray with one another. Speak God's blessing, God's goodness, that they are a, 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 a protector, a provider, a priest and a prophet. Thank you, Jesus. Just quickly take, very quick, just do it. Okay, just quickly do it. 30 seconds each. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you are our protection. We thank you that you are our provider. We thank you that you are our priest, our high priest. We thank you that you are our prophet, that you constantly speak words of life into our lives. And Father, in, in the same way of who you are to us, we thank you that we can be to one another. So, Father, we thank you for healthy marriages. We thank you for healthy families. We thank you for healthy relationships in the life of the body and the life of the church. And, Father, we thank you that we can take that life out into other people's lives this week to be a blessing to all those around us. In your mighty name, we praise you. Come on, let's thank the Lord, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.